sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Doing us the, the Ascended Life series that we're continuing today. So in, uh, in March, we went to Namibia and it was quite a challenge to get into Namibia. And... Uh, and as we were driving from, from Vintuk to Swakopmund, we were in the car with J.P. Archer and Marlies and the family who is now in Swakopmund. And as we were driving, you know, we were just worshipping Jesus. We were like for a few hours worshipping and praying and enjoying the presence of God uh, in preparation for the ministry uh, there. And as we were doing that, I, I, at some point I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, The glory has moved. The glory has moved. And I felt the Holy Spirit unpack that for me in the, in the coming days. So if you look at Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they built their whole community around the tangible presence of God. So there was this cloud of, like, column of fire by night and a cloud by day. And they built their, their community around that. And, and they would park there. They would stay there for however long the glory of God was there. And then when the glory lifted and moved, then they would pack up and they would follow. Which makes sense. Because the purpose of the church is the presence of God. We're supposed to do life around the presence of God. It's all about Him. But now what the Holy Spirit revealed to me is that over the ages, every generation, there are moves of God. God moves 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago. God moves and the church goes and, 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 and gathers around the presence of God, of what God is doing. But now what happens is the glory moves. And sometimes the church stays behind. The glory moves. But there's still a building. But God's not present anymore. The glory moves and we hold on to the previous move of God. And we miss what God is doing right now. And so, you and I, we need a few things if we're going to stay with God. You need a hunger for God. You need to say, God, I desire you. I don't just desire knowledge. I don't only want to know about you. I don't only want to hear a message about you. God, I want you. I want your tangible presence. So hunger and also a humility. Because sometimes we can get stuck in the past and we think we know. The church is, I think, infamous for holding on to old moves of God and missing what, the, what God is doing now. And so, for all of our days, we need to be in that space. A hunger for God and a humility. Like, God, I'm, I, I'm, I want to discern where you're moving. And so we need prophetic insight. So a few weeks ago, when I last time I ministered, I shared about eyes to see. Having prophetic eyes to see what God is doing. But the only way we're really going to see what God is doing is if we're humble and if we're hungry. God, we want, we want you, and we're willing to learn from anyone. So, uh, interesting what, 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 uh, what's happening. So, I want to, on the next slide, there's this lady called Catherine Creek. 
don't know if you guys have maybe seen her on social media. But this is for me a classic example of God is moving and people don't know what to do with this. They're not even sure if it's God. So some backstory, I was watching some of her things. So um, in 2013, she went to uh, California from another part of the United States. Uh, she went to California to be an actress or to to music or whatever. And then she had an encounter with Jesus. She came to Christ. Then in 2015, I think she was maybe, what, 24, 25 years old in 2015. She went to a conference. That's why you need to go to conferences. She went to a conference and uh, the prophetic speaker called her out and said, prophesied, you are an apostle to the body of Christ and God's going to use you to impact millions, like the nations. She was like 24, 25. So in 27, she starts a church, a fivefold church. It's called fivefold church or something. 27, she started a church in the, in Los Angeles, I think. And, uh, and it was incredible growth from 15 people, uh, on a Sunday. It grew the next year to 10, to 10 people. And the following year, it grew to five. <laughs> I would have freaked out if that was me. But she just remained faithful to the Lord and she kept on going. Then the, she felt the Holy Spirit say to her, make videos, make one minute videos of what God is doing. And so she would make these videos and then no one would watch it. She'd put it on YouTube or wherever. No one would watch it. But she, for years, she would make these videos, just faith that she taught herself how to video edit. Then she'd vi- edit the videos. She put it online. And then last year, 2021, beginning last year, she put a one-minute clip on TikTok of what God is doing in their little church, how God is setting people free. And then she prayed for freedom over the video. So it went viral. Millions of views and thousands of comments of people that say they felt delivered as they just watched the one-minute video clip, which is amazing. So uh, the result is that she actually has a, like a worldwide ministry now. The church, the church has grown. They have like church in the park. And, um, and God is using her. Even some of our church members have watched some of her things online and experienced deliverance while watching it. So there's definitely fruit of freedom. Lives are being changed. She's starting to travel the world. It it really is amazing. But I love this because this will offend many people. Because she's a woman. She's a single woman. She's now only 31 years old. She calls herself an apostle. So I think just on those four things, <laughs> it's going to freak out a lot of people and cause a lot of controversy. And then she does deliverance. She does deliverance and she puts the videos online of how people are delivered from demonic spirits. He puts it online. How's that for controversial? So who is she? Is this of God? And anyway, so we've been watching some of her things and, and I, I love... Her joyful, kind way, and she has incredible authority. Incredible authority. I mean, it's undeniable the hand of God is on her. No person can do what she is doing. When she speaks in the name of Jesus, people get healed and get delivered. 
surely God is with her. But now people don't know what to do with this. And already all the videos are popping up. Catherine Creek exposed. And <laughs> I'm like, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I understand that. But this is just, I, I, what I love about this is like, you cannot tell God what he can or can't do. If he wants to use a young single lady to impact nations, then so be it. But we love to judge or we love to tell the tribe. You know, the church likes to tell God what he can and can't do. And I'm like, if she's anointed by the living God and it's undeniable that God is with her, then surely he has called her. But anyway, so I'm not necessarily saying everything that she does or says is we agree with it. And I hope she's going to stay on track for the next 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I don't know. So, um, but I love what I'm seeing because she is stepping out in obedience to Jesus. And there's a whole lot of church leaders, men, who don't have the guts to go where she's going. And I like that. A young lady with a courage to obey Jesus. And I think this is our challenge. You know, you and I, we can't judge another person's obedience to Christ. If God is calling somebody else to do something in a certain way, who are we? They will stand before God and give an account. They are the Lord's servant. And there's this, this challenge. You know, it's, I believe God loves obedience. He's looking for people who would obey him, who would step out and do what he calls them to do. And I'm trusting that, you know, we would embrace that. So at this time, we're in a season, for those who are new, where the Lord spoke to, to me and to us about, I basically heard this question. I felt God asked me this question. Who will set my children free? Who will set my children free? I was like, Lord, we will. <laughs> we will go. It's uncomfortable. It's not popular. And how this works is the more that you obey God and the greater the anointing upon your life and the more the miracles manifest and the kingdom of God comes. Do you know what? The more the opposition is going to be as well. Like the one preacher said, it's like, it's like taxes. The more favor you have, the more persecution you're going to get. The more influence you have, the more persecution you're going to get. Okay? So we need to be aware of this. And this is basically where the religious spirit comes in, where the enemy works through Christians to attack those who obey Jesus. And so you and I need to be aware, and we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, and probably don't go watch all the exposing videos, because it's just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna kill you. <laughs> it's not, it, uh, it's not good for the heart. You know, so, I mean, some people just, they believe, <laughs> If you believe in the fivefold, they believe already you from the pit of hell. Okay, so it's as like simple as that. And the woman that preaches also of the devil and, uh, and, and, and. It's like, there's just no way. So the scripture where Jesus said about the Pharisees, the religious spirit, he said to them, they're the blind leading the blind. They're going to fall into a ditch. And then he said, leave them alone. Don't get involved. Don't try to change other people's minds. Let us stay on track. Let's, let us do the will of God. Let's stay on mission. Let's trust Jesus to set people free. Okay? Save, heal, deliver. That's the focus. And that's what God is saying to me. Andre, stay on mission. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't fight with people. 
Just stay on track. Okay? So tomorrow night, Freedom Squad. Who are you going to call? Freedom Squad. Okay? We need, we need, the, the invite is to not just one of us or a few of us, but for every one of us to learn how to bring freedom to others. So I really want to encourage you to join us for that. But today I want to focus on the process of how the enemy brings bondage into our lives and then how you and I can be set free. I'm just going to zoom into one aspect of how to find freedom in Christ. John 8, 32. It says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Let's read that together. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, shall make you free. So the, the key there is know. You shall know the truth. In other words, you can hear the truth. You can maybe even agree with the truth in your mind, but it's not yet in your heart. In other words, you might say, if I ask you, is God love? You'd say, yes, he is love. Then I'll ask you, do you feel the love of God when we worship? Or when you pray? Or when you spend time with God? Do you feel the love of God? If you don't, then it's only in your mind yet. It's not yet in your heart. The truth needs to move from your mind, from your head to your heart. That's the key. You, you, you have to know the truth. From the mind to the heart, when you know the truth, then you're set free. Then you're set free. So it's one thing to believe, to say, well, I believe God is good. The question is, when bad things happen, what is your response? What do you feel? Are you anchored? Do you know that you know that you know He is good? I have discovered that He really, really, really is good. I believe it in my heart. Even when bad things happen, I'm like, this is not going to move me. He is good. And so what happens is bad things happen and then the enemy accuses. And because truth is not settled in the heart, then bondage, move, the enemy moves in. Okay, so look at this diagram on the next slide. Yeah. This is how the enemy functions. He starts with trauma. Something bad happens. Somebody disappoints you. Somebody says something destructive. Something bad happens. Accident. Car accident. Somebody dies. Something, something happened that's disappointing and traumatic. And that's where the enemy starts. First with a wound. The enemy's mission is to wound you in your heart. That's his scheme. Because if he can get you wounded, then he gets access. Then the process starts. Then the lies come. Okay, so you need to understand that. When somebody comes and says something horrible to you, you need to know who is behind that person. It's the enemy. So we love the person, we can forgive the person, but we know where this assault is coming from. If it's unreasonable and ungodly, and it makes no sense. You know, so that's what I am experiencing more and more in my life is the more I obey Jesus, the more people have issue with it. Andre, why are you doing that? You're exalting yourself. Uh, no, I'm trying to obey Jesus. Not necessarily perfectly, but I'm trying to obey Jesus. And I'm not going to move. Not going to move. 
So you need to understand the more you're going to obey Jesus, the more the attacks are going to come. And the enemy's scheme is he wants to wound you in your heart. Because if he wounds you in your heart, then he, can get, he gets access. Okay, so trauma. That's where it's not. A wounded heart is also becomes a hard heart. And a hard heart cannot receive the truth. A hard heart is fertile soil for those lies. So it starts with a trauma, then it moves uh, into lies. For instance, someone accuses you falsely of something or hurts you, and there's maybe someone you trusted or thought you could trust, and that just amplifies the, the trauma, the pain. And as your heart gets hurt, the lies begin to develop in the soil of the trauma. So lies, things like God is not with you. Can you see it? God is not good. God did this. God did this to you. He's not, he does not love you. Can you see it? So those lies begin to develop. Things like you can't handle the pressure. You're not going to make it. You're a victim. The voice of like, hate them. They deserve it. They don't deserve love. They don't deserve forgiveness. Hate them. So these lies begin to develop. And then these lies lead to ungodly emotions. Like maybe you have a fear of the future or a fear of a person or you feel hopeless. You just don't know how you're going to get out of this or you feel, feel disconnected from God. And so there's a few ways it can play out. But here's an example. The one would be unforgiveness could settle on your heart. Unforgiveness could lead to anger. You're just angry with him, disappointed. Anger leads to hatred or bitterness. Or even seeking revenge on the other side. So it plays out into destructive behavior, destructive speaking. The enemy's plan is ultimately for you to look like him. He wants his nature to be imparted to you. Unkindness. Ungodliness. Lust. Hatred. Lies. Gossip. Slander. Anything that's not of Christ, he wants you to look like him. That's his scheme. That's where he wants to get you into the destructive behavior. And you have these ungodly emotions that you feel affecting you. And then suddenly you like, especially like you feel hopeless. Well, when you feel hopeless, then you do, why, oh, whatever. Why even try to follow Jesus? Then you're like, oh, let's sin. Let's, let's medicate the pain. Let's medicate what's hurting on the inside. God doesn't love me in any case, so whatever. You know, so it gets you to that place where you're like, you just go, destructive behavior, and the destructive behavior is, is traumatic, and then the cycle continues until there's a stronghold, a stronghold where the enemy gets access to our hearts. So the one way is unforgiveness leading to hatred. Another aspect might be that you could be, if you have fear of person intimidation, and you could then feel sorry for yourself. And then these emotions could manifest like self-pity, um, rejection. Your trust in God gets a knock. And you're like, oh, I can't trust God. Spirit of unbelief. And that's where the, those ungodly emotions, that's where the enemy manifests. Like a spirit of unforgiveness. A spirit of hatred. A spirit of bitterness. A spirit of um, Self-pity. And you can't help yourself. Just these emotions. Emotions taking over. If you feel sorry for yourself. You feel like you can't break out of it. The cycle of destruction then manifests. Okay, so that's how the enemy works. Trauma. Lies. 
ungodly emotions, destructive behavior. And he wants you to take on his nature. And each one of those can be an open door. The trauma, the ultimate wound, the root can be a major issue. The lies that you believe, that can be open door because you believe the lie. The enemy has access. The ungodly emotions, that can be access for the enemy. And then obviously destructive behavior can be access for the enemy in your life. And so you need to be able to deal with each one of those. But I want to focus especially on the power of truth to set us free. So let's look at this. John 8, 23. And I'm going to show you a video clip a little bit later of somebody that received deliverance. It says, and he said to them, you are from beneath. This is Jesus. And I am from above. So Jesus speaks to the Israelites. I said, guys, you're from beneath, but I am from above. And this is beautiful because the moment you and I surrender our lives to Jesus, then you also become a citizen of heaven, and suddenly you are from above. You can live the ascended life, but only if the truth of God settles upon your heart. Not just know about it, but you know it. You know, you believe it, you feel it, you experience the reality of God's truth. It says, you are of this world, I am not of this world. And the good news is when we give our lives to Jesus, you're no longer of this world. You can now be seated with Christ in the heavenlies with authority, and then you can deal with whatever the enemy wants to do. Verse 24, therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So go back to the diagram. I want to show you this, the diagram. So ultimately, Jesus says, if you don't believe, if you don't trust in him, you will know death. That's the end result of sin, the end result of trauma and believing lies and having ungodly emotions and ungodly behavior. All of that together will lead to death emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and ultimately in eternity, eternal death. And I'm sure we've all know people who've been in that space, just destructive to themselves and those around them. And maybe some of us have been there as well. And the Lord wants to come and set us free. So just put on the, the, the picture of the, of the garden. Right? So here's a picture of like your inner garden. All the gardeners are now smiling. Finally, finally, we are talking about something that's important. Gardening. So that's a picture of your heart. And Jesus is the gardener. He comes and he cultivates truth and peace and joy and love. All the good things that he wants to grow in the soil of our hearts because of his word that has found being planted on the inside. When you know the truth, then all these other beautiful things develop. But the enemy wants in. The enemy wants into your garden. The enemy wants to come and rip out of the good plants and the truth from your life. And he uses trauma to damage, like burn a patch away. And then he starts planting his lies and things in the soil of your heart. And the enemy does not play fair. He's not like he comes for you when you're feeling strong. He waits until you're weak. 
He waits until that car accident. He waits until someone dies. He waits until someone rips you to shreds. He waits until it's divorce. He waits until the, then all hell breaks loose. And I wish it was like, you know, you, you fine for 30 years and at the age of 30, then suddenly you have to fight. That is not how it works. Unfortunately, the enemy comes for us even when we are young. So here's a picture of a boy. The enemy starts his work when we are young. Innocent. And you have no, you, I mean, you're three, four years old. You have, no, you have no way of fighting. You have no idea what the heck's going on. You are so dependent upon your parents. You're so dependent upon the adults in your life. And if those adults are messy, if those adults are, are broken, if those adults are, already have these bondages in their lives, then the adults say things that are destructive, do things that are destructive. And that is traumatic. Many things come from when we were young. I remember when my parents were like fighting before the, the ultimate divorce. I was maybe grade one, two, three. It was traumatic just having them fight. And I remember running to my room and crying as a, a you know, grade two or something. And, and, and just being, you guys are going to divorce. I can feel it. I can see it. And I remember my dad saying, no, they're not going to divorce. It's going to be fine. And then they got divorced. Those things affect us. Divorce is traumatic for everybody. That's why God says don't divorce. Obviously, there's redemption and there's healing and God restores even if we've been through bad stuff. But we need to understand the impact of those traumatic moments. But those words, worthless, dumb. You know, in the video clip I'm going to show you in a little bit, the, the, the man addresses things that were spoken over him when he was younger. And the impact on us. But those word curses impact us massively. When somebody says that something to you. You are so and so. That is like a curse from the pit of hell being spoken over you. And it wounds. And you know this, the thing they say. Sticks and stones can bro- break my bones. But words can never hurt me. That's utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. Words. It's like somebody taking a massive hammer and hitting the heck out of your inner man. Hitting the heck out of your heart. Crushing. Words are powerful and that's why you and I need to agree with God. Don't agree with Him. Don't let us not hurt others. Let it have self-control. But those words, those, those things impact us. So put on the slide again of the, of the God. And so the enemy doesn't play fair. He comes for us when we're young. And so trauma... The pain, the disappointments, the word curses, it crushes our hearts and opens the door for the enemy to come in. That's where the process starts. And over time, it build up, build up, build up. You might have fruit in your life now like addiction, addictive behavior, but the root might be four-year-old, five-year-old, stuff happening when you were young. Okay, and so we're going to trust God for freedom in your life. So put up the diagram again. So you have trauma. Leads to lies, ungodly emotions, destructive behavior. And we need to get to the root. We need to bring things into the light. Someone shared with us, they were here, I think last week, Sunday. But they brought something into the light from like more than 20 years ago. Never spoke to anyone about it. But when they brought it into the light, massive change, massive shift happened in their lives. 
And so you need to bring those things into the light. So if you look on the next slide, here's some soil. The enemy wants to come and wound you, open some soil there, and then he comes and plants his lies in the soil of your heart. That's what he wants to do. What does he do? Lies. Lies. The pain distorts our perspective, opens the door because of the trauma, and then the lies come in. So look at this, John 8, 44. It says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. You see, if you're in the kingdom of darkness or the enemy has a foothold in your life, guess what? You're going to manifest his nature. You're going to carry out his desires. That's what the enemy wants. And then he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. No truth. There's no truth in the enemy. So if the enemy is telling you something, it is a lie. You can guarantee. It's a guaranteed lie. When he lies, he speaks his native language. This is the enemy's native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. He is a liar and he is the father of lies. He births lies to bring bondage. And so when you and I, when you lie, when you distort the truth, you exaggerate or you white lie or whatever lie, the moment you and I do that kind of thing and say those kind of things, you are agreeing with the enemy. And you give the enemy access. So that's why I'm like, I live, I don't care what the consequences, but I will live in the truth. I will speak the truth. I will walk in the lights. And there is freedom there. So don't twist the truth. Don't exaggerate. Anything sinful, hidden, or in the dark gives the enemy access. So John 8, 26. Jesus says there, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is... True. God is truth. Evil is a liar. You need to get that. God is truth, but he wants his truth to, raise, to, to come and rest upon our hearts. That you know it. That you know that he's good. That you know that he's love. That you know that he's faithful. That you know that he is the healer. That he is powerful. And he is the one that sets you free. The enemy wants to say, no, you've been struggling with this so many years. You're not going to get freedom. God, there's no hope for you. That's the voice of the enemy. Renounce the voice of the enemy. And then he says, I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. God is light. There's no darkness in him. Don't be confused about that. He is true. And therefore, he wants to be, help you to become the true you. He wants to heal you on the inside where there's been damage to your inner being, to your heart, to, your, to the real you. He wants to come and heal you and set you free so you can become the true you. Okay, so I, was, I saw a, a, a vision at some point, just a mental picture of the Holy Spirit. I saw like a seed being dropped into the soil of somebody's heart. And as the seed was dropped into the soil of someone's heart, they were transformed from darkness to light. That's what God wants to do. He wants to impart his word into the soil of your heart. His truth. And when you know it, it transforms you. It sets you free. 
And so I felt just prophetically the Holy Spirit say this to me on the next slide. It says, allow my word to be planted in the soil of your heart. Nurture it, water it, and I will transform you. Change you into my image, the image of Christ. When his word is settled upon our hearts, we are changed into his image. But when the lies of the enemy settles upon our hearts, we are changed into his image. And that is what the fight is about. And I see, I, I, I believe God is calling us as a church to be full of light, full of truth, full of joy, full of peace. We're not afraid of the enemy. We're not afraid of the lies. We're not even afraid of sin because of the blood of Jesus that washes clean. I believe we are called to be a people that represent Christ well. But then the truth needs to settle upon our hearts and the ball is in your court. You need to do it. You know, it's not like just go to someone to let them pray for you and then as, as the, it, no, it's your responsibility. You need to take the truth. You need to declare war on every lie and say, I'm going to take the truth and I'm going to allow the truth to change me. There's so many people like they want quick fixes. Just pray for me, then I'm going to be fine. Well, yes, Jesus touches you and yes, he breaks chains and yes, he does amazing things. But if you want to stay free, you need to allow the truth into your heart. And only then can you really stay in that place. So there's a number of things. So you want to move the truth from your mind to your heart. And the enemy wants to block that. One of the ways that he does that is the religious spirit. The religious spirit is tricks us to be so focused on what people think about us that we hide things. It's like, I just don't want people to know this. I just don't, I can't, I can't, like a spirit of shame even. Like, I can't tell people about this. I can't talk about this. If they, what are they going to think? But when we have the spirit of Christ, it's like, God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you intimately. I want to know your love. I want to please you. I want to walk with you. I want to honor you. I want to obey you. A true believer in Christ is way more concerned about what God thinks about them than what people think about them. Amen? This is the challenge. A religious spirit is always about a facade, a fa uh, looking good. Looking, want to look good. Want to look good. Want to impress people. So you're faking it. Don't fake it. It takes humility to humble yourself and to bring things into the light and say, hey, when my dad said that to me or when that did or when I was molested or when that happened, when, you know, there's just so many things that are so shameful that needs to come into the light if we're going to truly be set free. So how hungry are you for more of God? How hungry are you for more of God? How desperate are you for more of God in you? Because that's the key. Hunger and humility will then ultimately move the truth from our minds to our hearts. And we're willing to do it. We're willing to step out. We're willing to, to address things. So if you wanna, want the truth in your heart, you need to humble yourself. You need to step out. You need to bring the lies into the light. So John 8, 28, it says, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, as by, as my, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. When you lift up the Son of Man, so obviously that speaks about the cross, the crucifixion, 
But I want to say this to you. When you lift up Jesus Christ over your life, then the kingdom comes. When you align yourself, when you exalt him, you worship him, you exalt him, you give Jesus his rightful place in your life, then things begin to change. As the one guy said, a thousand problems are resolved when you give Jesus his rightful place in your life, in your heart. He knows the details. He knows the intricacies of what's wrong with us. But give him his place. Give him, Jesus, I exalt you. Come on, say that with me. Jesus, I exalt you. Take up your rightful place in my life. In Jesus' name. I mean, so when we do that, we give him his rightful place and things fall into place. And then verse 29, it says, and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone for I always do those things that please him. I always do those things that please him. I said it a few weeks ago. The religious spirit is about being self-willed. When you're self-willed, I want my will to be done. Then we open ourselves to the enemy. When we are surrendered to the will of God, then the Holy Spirit comes in. Let it be our mission. I want to please Jesus. I want to please God. I want to walk in the light. I've told my wife, because I want to stay on track for the rest of my life. So I told Sonica, Sonica, you can expose me. Anytime. If I am behaving in an ungodly way and I'm unrepentant and I want to deal with my stuff, or I'm treating you like dirt and I'm not repenting about it, I'm not dealing with my stuff, expose me. Go to the elders, go to show for leadership, do whatever it takes, but we will not hide ungodly behavior. So for the fear of God, expose me. The religious spirit is like, you dare not tell anybody. Woman, I clapped you around, but you don't tell anybody. That is from the pit of hell. You expose. You expose. Because it's about redemption. It's about, it's about finding Christ. It's about eternity. Who the heck cares what people think? Who the heck cares? Only care what God thinks. That's what matters. And eternity's at stake. And there's this battle for the enemy wants to make us into his image. And I like, no ways. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be loving. I want to be joyful. I want to be kind. I want to be, I want to be self-controlled. And therefore, I need to walk in the light. And I need to commit myself to the truth. And you need to do the same. It's available. Amen? So when somebody t- exposes you, say thank you, Jesus. Eh? I'd rather be exposed now than stand on, the, on, on, on judgment day. Before the living God, and there is no coming back. There is no return. There is no salvation, no redemption, because you faked it in this life. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. We are all sinners. We are all depraved without the grace of God. We are all destined to mess up. So I want to say to you, there is nothing that you can say that will offend us or freak us out or whatever. Bring it into the light. There is no shame. Shame is a lie from the pit of hell. Because shame says there's something wrong with you. Therefore, you can't talk about it. That's a lie. The truth is Jesus paid the price for you. Amen. 
A thousand problems are solved when we give Jesus his rightful place in our hearts. You see, we allow the enemy in and we have to remove his, his, his license in our lives. You have to say, you have to come to the point when truth impacts your heart and mind, then you come to the point, like, I hate evil. I hate disobedience. I hate ungodliness. Out, enemy, get out of my life. I belong to Christ. So you need to own it. This is, this, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's important for us to get exposure to these things because in Jesus' ministry, go read the scriptures, he would heal people and demonic entities would manifest. Okay, but it's messy. I know. <laughs> Deliverance is messy. It doesn't look pretty. But it's the work of Christ to set people free. Ultimately, this is about love. This is about love. And that's why we're saying, God, yes, we want to be equipped. We, we trust in God for an anointing to truly set people free. So John 8, 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. In other words, you will become like me. A disciple is someone that's like his teacher. If you abide in my word, you will become like me. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The enemy has been defeated. His only power is the lies if you believe it. So the truth needs to move to your heart. So Chris Vallotton, who's a prophetic uh, guy, he uh, shares the story that at their church, a bunch of people were praying for a lady. I think she was like a national karate champ, which is just scary if you need to do deliverance on them. <sighs> So he says the bunch, she was like wildly manifesting and she was hitting the heck out of everybody. And so they were holding her down or something. And they called Chris and said, Chris, come help, come help. And he says, as he walked into the room and she was completely possessed. It was like wild. As he walked into the room, the Holy Spirit said to him, tell her you did not commit the unpardonable sin. You did not. So he went down on his knees and he whispered into her ear, the Lord says you did not commit the unpardonable, unforgivable sin. The moment he said that, she was set free. When she heard that, she's like, oh my goodness, the truth set her free. Immediately, she was like smiling, peaceful, and set free. You see, the enemy told her, you have done the unforgivable. So there's no redemption for you. God's not going to forgive you. So you, you, you lost. And that gave the, the lie gave the enemy access to her soul. But the truth, when the truth impacts the heart, it sets us free. It really is as simple as that. Okay, so contend for the truth. Let it move from your head to your heart. Assault every lie with the truth of God's word. Overwhelm the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. So here's a few ways that you can do it, a list of ways that you can abide in God's word. Read it. Read the word. Study it. Meditate upon it. Write it down. Even if you just take one verse, like, if you know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Now make it, own it for yourself. Say, if I know the truth, it will set me free. When, when I know the truth, it will set me free. You write it down, you personalize it, you meditate upon it, you say it, you memorize it, you declare it back to God. And then you start writing down. 
Like the enemy said, I'm stupid. The truth is I am not. I'm perfectly designed by the living God. Assault the lies and then you renounce it. I renounce the lie that I'm stupid. I renounce the lie that I'm a loser. I renounce the lie that I am not good enough. Jesus makes me good enough. I am not worthless. I am loved. Okay, so you need to like, the, the ball is in your court. You need to own this journey. Of not only getting free, but staying free. Otherwise, the enemy will always have a foothold. You write it down. You declare it. You make it your own. You pray it back to God. Lord, thank you that your truth will set me free. I welcome your spirit of truth. I welcome the spirit of truth that will move the, the, the truth from my head to my heart. And, and there's an anointing for that. It's called the teacher anointing, which I will touch on next week. But the teacher anointing takes the truth, gives us understanding, and allows it to settle upon our hearts. And it sets us free. So come say this with me. Say, I receive the spirit of truth that sets me free. And said, I renounce every block to the truth of God that wants to keep it out of my heart. I receive the truth, and the truth will set me free. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So you need to say things like, I am loved. I am, I really am loved. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. I shall know the truth and it shall set me free. So just put on the diagram. Just want to quickly just touch on that. So trauma, pain, disappointments opens the door to lies. The lies, if you meditate upon that, will lead to ungodly emotions. And ungodly emotions will lead to destructive behavior and then that cycle. So you want to, you want to, you want to, Bring all of those things into the light, and then you want to renounce them and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash you clean. Amen. Awesome. Please stand with me. So we're trusting for freedom here now. Freedom for each one of us. And to help you on this journey. I really believe at the Kingdom Unleashed Conference, we're going to experience the power of God to heal bodies, heal hearts, and set people free. So come, join us. Don't miss this. God is already moving in such an incredible way. But we are trusting for an apostolic anointing to be released that will cause the kingdom to come in profound, profound ways. Okay, so here we have the gardener, Jesus. He wants to come and restore the garden on the inside he wants to restore your heart he wants to restore thank you for listening find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel let's do life together